Hello and welcome to yet another episode of Grange TV. We have with us uh, again David Roberts, TAFE extraordinaire, Matt Lodge, Robert Whittaker, and we also have in the background lurking like Zorro, um, <laughs> Mr. Jaral. How do I say your surname? Yao 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 Yi. Can we get Can we get a cameo with him, Dave? With him behind you? Is he behind you? I don't. Have oh, you don't have a camera. Okay. I'll go behind that. Come over here, big fella. <laughs> he's our uh, hand he's David media, media manager yeah he's, yeah he is the Broncos media content producer content producer so um we have uh there him and David are, are looking at the sound and I don't know what they're doing um so how's how's things gentlemen what's going on yeah good um it's a day off today so relax a bit and yeah, coming to chat to you guys. Thanks for having me in to talk. No, thank you for oh, yeah. coming in. Thanks for coming. Um, so you you now th- this year you're with the Broncos. Is this your first or second year with the Broncos? Yeah, it's me. I'm um, second year with the Broncos. So last year was my first year here, and uh, yeah, this this is the second one. How's your rugby league going? How's your your, your football going? Yeah, it's going good. Um, last year was my first year back after a while off, so took a little bit to get going, but probably hit the ground running better this year a few games under my belt last year and it's been a lot easier than the first year you're from southwest sydney originally no nah, west sydney like blacktown um, ah okay yeah around there so grew up there and from out that way all right um did you who'd you play your junior football with i played at a club um st pat's blacktown so i was still um all my mates are still playing out there and i get back there as, as often as i can to catch up with them and family's pretty involved with the club so that's where I grew up playing. Did you you played for um, the Australian Schoolboys Kangaroos team? Yeah, yeah, I played that. Played that in year twelve and the, the junior Kangaroos. But um, yeah, I was that. I come up through Penrith Panthers when I was a kid, and then uh, from year twelve, uh, from that Australian Schoolboys to I signed down in Melbourne Storm. Oh, so you went to Melbourne first? Yeah, I went there when I was seventeen and and eighteen, but. Probably a bit younger, I got a bit homesick, so I come back to Sydney after a year and a half, joined the Tigers, had a couple of years there, and then had a bit of a stint off. Now I ended up at Brisbane, being yeah. around a bit. I think a lot of young players have that have that thing where they they travel they travel and get signed to a team interstate, and then they they start to feel a little homesick and and like it really starts to affect them and impact their game, and then they end up going home. Like did did you feel that like? Like the, the the homesickness was affecting your performance and, and things like that? Yeah, I think it was definitely an age thing. Like I'm away from home now and I miss home, but I know how to handle it. But when I first went down to Melbourne, I was straight from year 12. I think I had to miss schoolies that year and I was uh, <laughs> big, that was a big one for me. Um, <laughs> <laughs> we we all got the sacrifice, man. Yeah, at the time was a big deal. But no, nah, I think just being away at that age... Um, you know, just missing little things like mate's birthdays and then I got an injury and I was kind of isolated a bit down there by myself. And, uh, yeah, just, I don't know why, but you just miss home. But as I've got a bit older, I'm pretty comfortable up here away from home now in Brisbane. How uh, how how old are you now? 23. Oh, so you're still now. really young. Like still, Rob, when you, you, you travelled, you went to, mm. um, you back in the day, you used to travel to, to Montreal, even to um, Thailand for some camps. What's that like with the travelling? Um, for you, like when 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 I was doing it, 
Yeah, uh, it was terrible. Yeah. <laughs> like oh, you yeah. got very homesick. I got super homesick, and like um, the people that I had around me, like uh, like Sophia, was my girlfriend at the time, and like my my dad and mum, who's who, like we all. Sophia was his girlfriend at the time, but just. Is his wife now? Yeah. Just clear that he said yeah. that the wrong way. Dude, <laughs> yeah. Oh my god! I butcher this every time. Man. <laughs> I get Sophia, so... you are his wife. Uh, All right, we don't. Yeah. Oh man. I'm <laughs> helping you. I know helping him. I didn't. No, I couldn't just left it. it. You pointed it out and no, it just I, made it way worse. I thought it sounded like an ex <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> oh shit. Nah. So you don't want Sophia sitting at home thinking she's your ex. You know. That's. Anyways, go on. Can't. I made a mess of it. Mate. So Sophia, who was your <laughs> girlfriend at the time, <laughs> yeah. Um, no, the just the the traveling was just so much for me mentally. It was uh, it was so hard for me to stay switched on over there, and and just to to keep my eye on the prize and just. I know. I, I also I also like after a while, and because you're training all the time and you don't have any normal comforts around you, you start to get down. Well, I do any point yeah. anyway, and like I I started getting down over there, and I started getting depressed, and then which directly related to how I was performing at the sessions. And, and then it's like, reach a point where I finally make the fight. Like I've, I've done all that time and then I go to the fight. And, you know, the only thing I'm really thinking about is after this, I get to go home. Yeah. You know, and I don't think that, like at the time I was thinking, like when I decided to stop it all, I was thinking that can't be where my head is on, on game day, you yeah. know, more or less. Yeah, I think... Um probably similar but i reckon it'll be a bit harder in fighting because i guess when we're living away from home at least you get to play every week and then i started getting more homesick and down and a bit depressed when i got injured because i didn't have you know i wasn't playing so you're just coming in and training and that's where fighting i think will be a bit harder because the camp's so long it's compared to we get to play every week and that makes you feel good about living away from home so i think there's a big problem with the younger people when they move away when they get injured and stuff and that's where you know, a bit of depression comes or mm. they've had some like past suicides in the game and stuff like that. And that's just from not having that support around when, you, when, you're, not, when you're not playing or injured. Or Lately, that's because that's, um, just working, I, I, you know, I worked with some football teams in the last probably six, seven years. And I have friends that work in the football thing. That, that's, there's been a lot of those suicides and whatnot with, with the younger players um, and sorry, what, what are some of the things that you might attribute that to? Yeah, I, I lost a, um, a mate from it, but I think maybe um, when you do move away from home and it's such a competitive environment, you know, an injury or something like that kind of isolates you from the main group or, you know, you don't have that game every week to get to, it makes you feel good and, you know, you get your adrenaline, you know why you're down there training. So that kind of might isolate you away from, from everything else and you fall into that little rut, but especially long-term injuries, I think, like, doing an ACL or something like that, it's such a long recovery, you might as well not even be with the team that year, you know, so it's hard to um, to take, get yourself away from footy and hang out with friends and family or something when you, when you don't have them around you. I imagine, I imagine it would be hard to to feel like you're a part of a team when you're not playing every week because you're not going through through the, the, the trials and, and obstacles that they are week in, week out, you know. They're all talking about, oh, how hard was that game? And then you're on, on the sideline kind of being like, it looked hard. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it is hard. Even even the meetings and that you don't you don't you stop going to your team meetings and review and stuff like that. You almost end up on a different schedule, and I guess um, that's where the club and players have to be good at you know making everyone feel a part of it so they don't get isolated. But 
It definitely happens. Definitely happens. And I think your, I your brain's still developing, like well into your twenties, like in 25, 26. So you, you're a young guy. You, you we were speaking with Anthony and Paul earlier. Where you think this is what life's going to be, A, B, C, and D, um, and then you fuck it. It isn't. You know, in that that would hit you like a ton of bricks too. Like I, I think it, being away from home and, and whatnot. Yeah, well, I, well, my experience was I kind of went the other way. I was down in Melbourne, got injuries, got a bit of eyesight, couldn't couldn't just switch off and go see me friends and go for dinner or family. So just probably ended up drinking a bit too much, drinking and going out and stuff like that. But that was the wrong decision at the time. But that's the option a lot of people take when they when they feel like that or they get isolated, and that's where you probably have to be better and making them feel a part of the team or something. So what what's the what do you feel is like the support around that mental mental health? Because like people misdiagnose or spell misdiagnose or they say mental health, mental illness. We all got mental health. It's just like you might be in bad state of mental health at that particular state or whatnot. But how much do you think there's a there's a people are aware of mental health in rugby league i think it's getting a lot better like it had to from from a couple of things that happened but it's getting a lot better we've got our welfare people and they check up and everyone's aware of it and talks now and it's just getting bigger in the community which is a good thing i'm a big advocate for it but it's definitely um picking up in rugby league and everyone's seeing how you go and the coaches drive it now make sure everyone's feeling good and it's pretty important even if someone's in that mind state, not only are they going to be unhappy, but they're probably not going to play well. So it's important all around that everyone's feeling good. How many how many shots have you taken in your short career? Because you you know you're still 22, 23. How many shots have you taken to the head? Bad ones. Like <laughs> you've touch wood. I've actually never got knocked out. Eh? Never been no, knocked out me since a kid. I just I don't know. Got lucky a bit, but haven't. Yeah, and you're a giant. Like, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that fucking helps. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it helps being much bigger than everybody else. No, nah, I haven't. I haven't got it knocked out. I hope it doesn't happen this way. Put the mock on myself. But no, nah, nah. I, haven't, I haven't ever been knocked out yet. How, how? Um, but have you taken massive shots? Yeah, I've taken some big, big shots. Whiplash and that. But um, your head rings and your yeah, it rings a bit. <laughs> it rings a bit. Some of the the kickoff carries is the hard ones. Coming coming hundred mile an hour. Um, running with some big, big boys. Hey. How yeah. much does how much do those hits hurt? Yeah, they can get you. I run into a couple of people. They just they they, they kind of rattle you. The force is big, but that's my job now. I'm pretty used to it. Is, is there anybody in the game that you know <laughs> when old mate gives you the ball off a kickoff, you're he's running straight at you like it's going to be a hard hit. Yeah, there's a couple of people you, you just tell the way they start running that they're not going to be changing direction. And got a break. I had a big collision on the weekend. One of the young fellas from Titans that felt like hitting a rock. Eh? He's just a little barrel. But put everything into it and just rung through the whole side of my body. And it hurts you? It still hurts you? It's what I feel like the next day in the Fuck, game. Imagine you hit me and it would just fucking break me in half. Like, I, I think I said this yesterday. I, I'm pretty sure you would break every single bone, like a full skeletal break from the tip yeah. of your crown to your little toes. Man, when I, was, when I was in year 12, I told this story because it's my only claim to fame in the rugby league world. When I was in year 12, Lu- Luca Donald and he, his, his brother and his dad used to come and wrestle like his dad didn't wrestle. His dad used to bring his crazy, kid. Crazy, he's crazy. That fella. Well, he he was playing against me, and he went to Westfields. We went to, Dave and I went to Ashcroft High School, and for fucking whatever reason, they put us in the same bracket. <laughs> we didn't even have a team, you know. Like, and uh, I I don't know because I didn't play football, right? And I remember seeing that he, he was going to get the ball, and I thought he's going to get the ball. Like I thought, like I'm some genius that I read the play, 
And I ran out to tackle him. And this guy, he was like how he is like now, but in year 12. <laughs> and he hit me, right? And my, my fucking head, <laughs> right? It, I went like this, like, boom, my, my, my head hit the ground. And he ran over me, <laughs> but tripped. And then I was like, oh, fuck, that good was a shot. Good, good tackle, Fab. And I got up, like, I, I wanted to cry, you know? And I was disorientated. And, but not just cry, I wanted to cry and shit myself at the same time. <laughs> and he will never, he, will, he doesn't even know, right? His brother used to come to, to, to training with us, right? I don't know if I, if I said anything to him, but fuck, how, I, I can't, you, it cannot hurt you that much. Because it hurt me, like, I, I can fucking feel the pain now. Before you leave that story, I, did you wear a headgear? You look like a headgear sort of <laughs> Nah, I, I didn't. Shoulder pads. <laughs> yeah, I didn't yeah. wear anything. <laughs> I just, I, no, no, when I, I started playing. I can picture you just being a smaller guy, just padded out. But. When, when, I, when, I was in, when I was, like, younger, because in, in, I didn't play football on the weekend. Actually, I played football on the weekend when I got older, probably 18 years old. I played for Layla Park. Oh, Layla, that's just around the corner for me. Yeah, I played for Cookabaras. them. Yeah, for, like, one year. I was terrible, but <laughs> but I, I used to wear headgear when I was like in year ten and torpedoes. Torpedoes, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the quad protection. Gotta, gotta protect those thighs. Yeah, it did fuck off. Oh. The shoulder pads, the fucking headgear. I wasn't wearing it that though, that game. I just remember it. It like I honestly thought he broke my back. <laughs> like it was it was fucking bad but it can't hurt that much surely if it makes you. you feel better I'd rather do a hundred kickoff runs than get kicked or elbowed in the head <laughs> well there you go I, I don't know <laughs> you play football what, what what would you rather it, it, it it's funny eh because like, that, that that run on the but the thing is like when when you when, when you're in the game you're kind of conditioned to it yeah we just thought so much at change just grew up doing it yeah, so you, you, you guys are like in contact like in in that contact sport like every day almost mm. and then the games like you're just used to it like like it seems absurd to me that they play on sunday have a game that like where boys are falling off the field and then they're at training on tuesday or something you know or yeah. they're, they're and they're playing the next week you know like that to me today seems absurd but like when i was younger and it's like it's just kind of you just you adapt like yeah. it's, it's, your, your body changes to what it's to, to its environments, to its situation. But like nowadays, like there are certain injuries like in, in fighting that's, that hurts. But I, I guess like if you, if you have to, hit, if your job is to make run-ups, like hit-ups, then you get used to doing yeah. hit-ups. Or you die. Or you die. <laughs> yeah, or, or, you, or, you, or, you, or you become, become a podcast host. Fuck those. <laughs> those, uh, school, nice, those school carnivals <laughs> where you're, when you're a kid, you end up, you know, I think it's something ridiculous. So you play you know, seven games in uh, two days. Round robins. Yeah, round robins. I couldn't imagine doing that, doing that now as an adult. But. Were, you, were you always a very big kid? No, nah, I was a bit fat around 14. And, and but how, how heavy were you at 14? No, I was probably the one of the... I remember under-16's grand final, Parramatta versus Penrith. I was probably the smallest, like, front row on the Penrith team. That's yeah, but... big, big Islanders around me. But, but uh, well, how probably... You still weighed 100 90, kilos. 90, 90. 90 kilos. 16, uh, something, 95. Did you play with Bam Bam? No, nah, he's about two years older, but he was his same comp, so I used to watch him. We used to play before him, and I used to watch him play. I think I versed him once, maybe. He's a good player, he was. It was. Yeah. was a good player. He's just so fast for his size. Like he's he's, he's got he's got good feet, eh? He's got yeah, very he's the best. He's just, when he runs the ball, he's, he's fast. So big and fast, and he's hard to tackle. 
fuck. Did you tackle him ever? I think I've versed him once, eh? He's, he's a handful, like, he's that big and he probably runs like a back, so. He looks thick. He looks <laughs> so thick. He, he was look- even bigger in footy. He's just like. He was huge, eh, when he played with with the Roosters, wasn't yeah, he? Yeah, he was m- massive and fast. It's like, fat and fast is just the. <laughs> Oh, danger. <laughs> oh, I'm not throwing stones. I'm a bit fatty too, but it's just that. It's danger. It's what he's doing. It's just force. Pure force. Yeah, he could have um, been a real good player, but obviously he's doing good in UFC. He, w- when did he stop playing? I think he was in the 20s at Roosters and then um, just give it up. It's obviously different for him uh, in the team environment. He kinda, I don't think he could have been his complete self without, without getting in trouble or doing the team values. So... I think I've heard him say like the the one on one training just suits him better. He can do what he wants and train how he wants and yeah. And and how how big were you when you debuted? Oh, I was probably similar size. I was Tigers. I think 2014, uh, about 115 kilos or something. I was 18. At 18, you were 115 kilos. Yeah, yeah, I was 18. <laughs> probably um, yeah, about the same size. Probably a couple of kilos heavier now. Hmm. Um. On, on, like, uh, we spoke before and, like, obviously, um, like, there is an area of curiosity around it. Um, you you went, in, and I guess I'll let you guide the conversation, you went through some some incidents and issues that occurred in the last few years and um, that derailed your rugby league career because I've spoken to people in rugby league, um, people much more knowledgeable than me than the one fucking tackle I did. Um that are much more knowledgeable said that you would have probably been playing uh, for the Australian team and maybe uh, Origin if um, th- these incidents hadn't have occurred or if, if whatever had happened in your life or whatever. Do you want to shed some light on, on that? Yeah, um, I don't I don't usually talk to them, but I'm happy to talk to you guys because uh, trustees and stuff like that and there's no, I've seen how he's working at training and similar, so I don't mind talking about it, but... I'll probably, I'll probably myself have to disagree a little bit. Like, I don't think I would have reached my potential if I didn't get in trouble. So that was a big thing for me. Okay. Yeah, I was like just throwing it away, to be honest. So behaviour's definitely changed. I don't drink in that now and I train a lot more. And that's probably been a positive to come out of it. I don't think I was, I was starting to play worse and worse just before I got in trouble. So okay. it was a bad thing, but at the same time, it's kind of helped me get back on track. I'm just lucky it happened early. What... um. What can you tell us, like, uh, about it? I think it just from like young age, like, and you know, I started going like nightclubbing and that, like, from fourteen or fifteen, hung around some of the older boys. Um, Andrew Feeder's one of my good mates, so I used to he's a bit older than me, used to kick around with them, and that's just what I done. But and so you you'd already established a pattern of drinking and whatnot. At yeah, young from age? young age, that's just even in Blacktown, that's just all my mates. That's just a normal thing. So, um, probably started that, and then I didn't. I just stuck to that. That's all I knew. So I, was, I always got in a little bit of trouble from 16 and down in Melbourne. Just everything I got in trouble was related to drinking and just being a bit loose. And I found that it would always come after being upset or something like that. And I'd just go and have a drink and, and something just something bad would happen every time. Didn't drink often, but every time I did, something would something would happen and wake up. I remember When it. you say something would happen, what would happen? Oh, just, just, just anything like, you know, you can't do much in this sport, like urinating in public or this, or, you know what I mean? A, a fight at a party, you get arrested by police or this, you know, just little things. Or had an incident in King's Cross. Um, 
like push a bounce or something like that. But at the time, I was just so young, 17, 18. And they just kept just kept building up. Did you get charged for those things? Oh, a lot of them when I was younger, I didn't, didn't really. It's just It's pretty hard to get charged when you're under 18 in this country. So but I had a couple of warnings. Um, but then when I, when I did get older, I got, I got one charge in King's Cross um, when I was at the Tigers. And that probably... It's this once you get one, this is what I try to tell the younger boys here. Once you do one bad thing, you just the reputation sticks with you, and then people start judging. It's just easier and easier to get in trouble. So um, that led me to to that big incident in America. I remember just just before I went over, um, I just wanted to go to get away from everything because this wasn't going well, and just get me out of here, get me on a holiday with my mates, and and we, I remember my footy manager telling me not to go. He just didn't feel right about it, and then pretty much got in trouble. I was in the country for six hours. We landed at eight o'clock at night, and by the next morning, I was, you know, woke up in handcuffs. So. Fuck. So you don't, <laughs> you don't remember it? No, I don't. I don't remember nothing. Eh? I just, I got into the, um, I got into the sleeping pills and that a bit as well, just because two clubs I got put on a drinking ban. So, so I wasn't allowed to drink. So, I don't know who got me into it, but have a couple of sleeping pills and Red Bull just to try and get an effect. But, and how, what effect does that have? Oh. Dangerous, eh? Dangerous. That's what you know. I'd rather someone drink than do that. You just lose memory, and it's almost, it's almost like there's a big problem with it at the moment, especially in America. Like it's like you're sleepwalking, eh? You don't know what's happening. But I was gonna say it would be like you're sleepwalking. Like yeah, it's like it's. I know people that <coughs> don't remember and got in their car, written the car off, parked the car in the driveway, and woke up like they went to sleep that night. Like they don't remember nothing that happened. Um. So so you you drink. You would have sleeping pills and Red Bull, as and but but it wouldn't be a stimulant effect. It would nah. So it doesn't. I'm not sure exactly chemically what it does, but it just like it just spins you out a bit. Eh? Like um, it's like sleepwalking, but you don't know what's going on. Yeah. Do you like that feeling? Nah, I didn't like it. It was just more. I was out in a group and we had the culture where you know 20 people are going out. I'm not allowed to drink, but. At, at that time when I was 18 or something, you know, I wanted some sort of effect. You want to take drugs and that, and that didn't seem like taking drugs. It was all legal, so you said you do that. Oh, so the stigma times. around, like, you wouldn't take, I don't know, whatever drugs, like you wouldn't pop a pill because it was illegal. It was illegal and you get tested and stuff like that, so. But you didn't, it wouldn't come, it would, you wouldn't pop hot with a sleeping tablet? Nah, it's all legal and that doctors can prescribe them. So I'll just okay. say to the Tiger's doctor or whatever, you know, he's having a bit of trouble sleeping. Yeah, he's a script of these. Fuck. Yeah, it's a bit of a, a bit of a problem. They're cleaning it up a bit now. I think they test further on that, but but it's very prevalent still. With, with oh, young I think guys? it's um getting a bit better now, but maybe five years ago it was pretty big. Like, it's getting big. And so when you got to the United States, you 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 were there only for six hours before you got locked yeah, up. Yeah, so I had I got the flight over there, and I just had a knee surgery. So on the flight, I had um. Yeah, six sleeping pills. It was like a 20-hour flight. And then when I got there, I felt good. I thought they were out of my system and just went for a normal night out on the beers. And then if you mix them too, like it's a, it's dead, it was honestly like a deadly mix. I nearly had to get stomach flushed out and this and on the drip and that. I was, and that and that was at the same time that the incident occurred? Oh, that was the next morning. I didn't, I just, I didn't know anything that happened. I just was in a club with my mates and then... Oh, you, the thing had already happened. So I, I, so I went out, had the... Wait, wait, you landed? Landed, went to the hotel, got me best jeans on, best yeah. shirt. And then uh, went out to a bar for a few drinks. Um, 
obviously the sleeping pills from the plane have you know half life or something like that so i had about six or seven of them got there got changed went out and then the alcohol and the sleeping pills just and that was that night yeah that was that night so and i landed at 8 p.m went out at 9 p.m and you woke up the next day two, in handcuffs yeah woke up so the incident occurred in those yeah and i think a big thing like uh, you said you had just gotten your knee surgery done yeah I was, so that's what i was going to pull out but yeah you you were already in like the dumps yeah like yeah. That's the biggest thing I've I've learned that um, I've always promised myself I'll never go and like not I don't drink as it is but I think it's the worst idea to drink when you when you got some sort of emotion when you're down yeah you know what I mean either too excited and you go and let loose or I think it's a misconception that a lot of people use is like they wanna they especially like guys in Sydney from like out west or even. In, di yeah. in different parts because I, I grew up in in, in housing commission yeah. in in Menai and um and it, there's like a there's a big stigma no no a big um a big I, I, I don't know the word I'm trying to use but there's a there's a big thing about oh, okay let's just go relax and have a couple drinks yeah. or let's go and let's go and unwind and have a couple drinks mm -hmm. like they 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 associate drinking with unwinding and then it becomes a thing where they can't unwind without it. Yeah, it's a massive thing. Everyone in your area would be the same. Everyone from my area, even yeah. I didn't drink for three years or something, but I'd still, ha I'd still, everyone I'm around still drinking. So, you know, my dad, all my mates, stuff like that. I'm not going to stop them, but it was just... 100%. And I've then, got, yep, got to watch them or watch how they, and then you learn to see how they behave and that when they're on it. And then I think... A lot of them want to give it up, but they just, they can't. And once they get past that, yeah. Have you, were you diagnosed with any uh, mental health is issue? No, no, I never have been. No really anxiety, just, no anything, nothing? No, I have got anxiety before, like, um, like just with little stuff or when stuff's not going right, but I haven't been diagnosed with anything. No, uh, no but it might be something as simple as like anxiety related stuff. Because like, you know, when you're talking about people, they drink and blah, 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 mm. blah. A lot of that's like self-medication for anxiety you know like a lot of people when you drink to unwind at the end of the day or whatnot it's like the anxiety of the whole day and you're drinking at the end of it's, the day it's pretty hard to i feel it's pretty hard to find like it takes a while to learn what to do to unwind yeah absolutely doing that. It's, you know well you need to learn what's making it seem that you need to drink to unwind like what what's what's causing you to become stressed or anxious yeah. to the point where you think you need to something to counteract the feelings what's that's what i've learned it's still hard for me sometimes like to i still get all the same feelings but instead of going to drink i've just learned tools to do that make me i know that make me feel better like going down to boxing and doing some sparring and stuff like that's one of them um i can always still get on edge the same as before but i just know how to handle it i have a another another question going back to this so so you 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 woke up you're in handcuffs, but you don't know what occurred. Nah, I still, I still don't really. Eh? <laughs> Nothing. Were you, were you in jail? No, oh, I woke up in hospital. It took like 24 hours to get all the substance out of out of my body. Not allowed to go until it's zero percent. And then, and then you got charged. Yeah. And then, so you were like this young kid, in yeah. in the US. Yeah. And they said to you, "We're locking you up." Yeah. Did you get locked up? Yeah, I got locked up. What was that like? How long were you locked up for? Um, I never, I didn't really go into it too much, but um, I think it was a few weeks. But it was just, um, I don't know, because I had no recollection of what happened. The original charge was just 
you know, ma- massive. I didn't know what happened. The, I got a um, legal aid over in America, Fuck. and and this one thing that I seen, you know, with me with my own eyes, how they how that not having money over there can really like screw you a bit, because it's all done off of the appeal thing as well. Yeah. See, I was I just I won't go into it too much, but say I had a cellmate and um, they come in and said, you know, you're gonna get uh, you're facing 14 years. If you go to court, if you get pled guilty yeah. or, or we've done a deal or, you know, we just went and had lunch with the thing, you can take three years now and you're weighing it up 14 or three. Yeah, yeah. This is me legal aid. He's telling me to take three. I didn't do it. You know, you got to weigh that up or he's saying the legal aid can say, oh, you're not going to beat it. Then you go and take the three years for once you're in the system, it's pretty hard to get out. So just stuff like that I've seen, but I was lucky enough to have some money saved from, from footy and my dad flew over a couple of weeks later and bailed me out and got a lawyer and, you know, it didn't turn out nothing like what me legal aid said. I got a proper lawyer that cared about what the outcome and, yeah, got off it. That's fucked. Yeah, that That's <laughs> I guess, you know, just waking up, waking up with zero recollection of what you've done and um, would just be terrifying. Well, it's the worst feeling terrifying. of my life. That's what will motivate me to never put my, like I will never put myself in that state that I'm not in control of what I'm doing ever again. Just because of that feeling, I still remember it clear as it's a that's a reminder. Has 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 it ever happened before? Where you, it's ha- it's, like, oh, yeah. like where you become blackout drunk and mm. like the next day you wake up and your mates are messaging you going, "Can't believe you did that" or yeah. something like that. And it's just there's just I think there's just certain people that get like that, and I'm one of them. And it's happened to me heaps of times before, but probably got a, got lucky with the outcome, or it could have been worse. Like I've had a friend that's been in that blackout drunk, and you know. Killed someone with a one punch. Like, you imagine you didn't get drunk. Your life's completely different. It wouldn't happen. Yeah. Like, no control. No, no control. No nothing. No recollection. Just it's the worst to put your body in that state where you can't control what you're doing. Can you, without again, like not necessarily divulging details of of, of the time, but I can't. Like, I think let, let's say you're con- you're conscious of something you do. You're conscious of a crime that you commit. Like, let's say right now. Right here we go, I don't know, let's rob the payroll. Yeah. And we go ahead and we do it. And you get caught. And me personally, I would I would be, for whatever reasons, a bunch of reasons, just having my freedom taken off me, I'd be scared of going to prison. But I'm conscious that I committed a crime. Yeah. If I black out, I wake up and somebody says, look, ABC, this is all the shit you're charged with. And you're looking at 14 to 15 years mm. uh, or take three. And you're what, 20 at the time? 19. 19 even. And you're in a foreign country. Yeah. What, what, what was a, like, oh. like, can you, can you talk to us a little bit about just what you felt at the, at the oh, time? I just, to, to be fair, at the time I was probably, there's just no one to turn to. I don't know, can't call anyone because, you know, you can't ring an Australian number off an American pay jail phone, so. Just knowing it's so just to. shit like that, like stuff that you're talking about, like that. That's that's what kind of I'm asking, like, because like, it, fucking yeah, that that's exactly what I mean. Yeah, I just at the time I just uh, I, that's probably where I literally I wasn't a religious person before that, but the only person that I saw then is probably God. You just there's just the connection between <laughs> you and something to give you hope to to get you through it. So that was the I was just crying a fair bit and. Just didn't know what to do, just staying awake and yeah, it's just it's a tough one, but 
Um, you you couldn't you couldn't call overseas. So no, nah, I couldn't speak. Didn't speak to anyone for like a few weeks. Eh? So, <laughs> and you were just just there, dealing with your emotions. Yeah, just um, dealing, I guess, with the the impact of of having your life so drastically changed at yeah. that point, but without you remembering a single thing. It's it's like tomorrow you go into jail and you're like, what for? And yeah, like, you did this, this, and this, and you're like, no, nah, I didn't. <laughs> Yeah. Like yeah. Just, I guess I had to own it but that I did the wrong thing because I've got a lot of time to think how, how it led to that and no, I no, got, of course, lucky, yeah. got lucky a couple of times and then it's just bound to happen if you're going down that path yeah, you're so rolling dice yeah you just roll and it got unlucky and I lost the yeah but I- irrespective of that I'm just like more about just waking up in that state where you're like I'm going to jail I think in it only fucking US yeah. only, so, only people that get like a lot of people can't understand because they don't ever get that problem drinking they don't black out or, or go that far but if you have you would understand the feeling of you know it's just there's nothing there it's just empty like, yeah. I, 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 I don't drink I never never drank mm. and I never never been arrested but I did recently go through some real real real, real bad anxiety like fucking bad real, real bad anxiety for a, a bunch of different reasons and I thought I was losing my mind. Yeah. And you get to that point where you're like, uh, fuck, I will, I will give anything, anything to change, to, to reverse it, to like anything, like anything. Yeah. That's the closest I can. It was bad. Like for me, I thought I was losing my mind. I, I got one like that just recently. I didn't, I didn't tell many people, but I was meant to go on an off season. Speak on this because nobody watches. <laughs> That's all right. I don't, I'm <laughs> Bad parents. Yeah. Only my mum and dad yeah, are going to watch. I said it was a big white guy that he's talking yeah. about. Yeah. <laughs> Does he play soccer? He's <laughs> a soccer player or something. Nah, I guess I'm, that's another part. I'm comfortable with what I'm doing now and what I've done. And that's why I'm happy to, to share it because you know, opinions and that don't bother me anymore. But um, yeah, I didn't experience like that. I can't explain it either. But we just finished the season. Booked me and my missus and baby a trip. We're going to go to Europe. And the flight was from Sydney. I flew from Brisbane to Sydney. And the night, like the flight was at like six in the morning. And that night, about to fly out, I just had just had massive anxiety. Couldn't breathe. Like, didn't know why. I don't know why. Maybe it was related to traveling that far. Yeah. America just did not know what it was. Couldn't breathe. Just toyed with it. Rang my dad. Rang this. No, nah, I can't go. Can't go. Going to lose money. Didn't care. Just... At the time, I was trying to explain to me, missus, I didn't, I couldn't think of anything worse than going on that holiday. So, like, I think it got to three a.m. in the morning, and I just pulled the pin, rang up, cancelled the holiday, didn't, didn't end up going. Oh, really? Next, yeah. Then the next day, I was like, oh, probably could have gone on it, but it's worked out. That's, that's just a feeling I had. I didn't want to go. Obviously, some more work to do, and maybe I can go next year. Fuck. But, but that was that was extreme anxiety. I couldn't breathe, and that it's just hard to explain the feeling. I don't know why it come about. It just did. Just did. And and did did you have a history of anxiety related issues? Oh, I guess I guess maybe they um that could have been a time where I might have just gone, nah, I'll just go relax and have a drink or something like that. But yeah, I've come up with different ways to unwind and I guess maybe that was just a bit of trauma from the last trip I went on that was that far from home. I just love being at home now and living day to day life. Fuck, I would stay at home like like that. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I'll get over it one day. <laughs> Go to Bali. I think I've, I've been to Bali since. I think I just feel comfortable there because I've been there so many times. But Are you allowed back in the US? Yeah, I'm allowed back now. I got no, um, didn't end up, end up getting any criminal charges and stuff like that. So took another year of good behavior and yeah, I'm all good to go back. Oh, really? So no, 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 no charges, nothing? So I got a misdemeanor charge. I got all downgraded and 
but then I took a year of like good, another year of good behaviour, and they said, you know, we'll wipe the charges for me, which is good for me. Fuck, he's no, very lucky, very good. Yeah, I got lucky over there. <coughs> a couple of things could have gone the other way, but said it's put me on a good path now. And and was there a stage where you were like, fuck, I could go away for fifteen years? Yeah, I was sitting there for like three months thinking that, and all I'd do every day was just. Were you in jail when you were thinking that? No, nah, so I had a few weeks there. Then my dad um, paid some money to bail me out. Um, then I just had to rent an apartment. In I was in Brooklyn and somewhere else, pretty expensive over there. So I was just training more. I had to train morning, midday, night, just to keep me anxiety and that down and feel normal. But it was a long, long few months, and I got home on Christmas Day. Fuck! How supportive were your folks over it? Yeah, they're the best. That's probably the best thing for me it's um that's just narrowed down who who's in my inner circle my family and close friends and stuff like that once you leave a footy club or a team you know there's not many people that will genuinely care about you and take an interest it's probably probably related to a fight you get injured everyone says thanks and then three months after you know who's close when you're preparing for a fight it's eight months away it's sim similar to that like yeah, yeah you know who's in your corner and sticks around you and that's a big thing for me I, I'm comfortable with who, who's close to me and stuff now and I just stick by them. Fuck. And so how has that impacted your, that experience? Because like, I, I can't get over fucking the thing about waking up yeah. and people being locked up. Like yeah. going from hospital. Oh, sorry, can you let him know that we're running a little bit late? Oh, yeah. No. Um, yeah, man, just I can't get over that. And so how has that impacted your rugby league? Yeah, I guess it's just made me um, more grateful for the opportunities that do come and the position I'm in. Like I was, throw, I was throwing it away for a while there. Um, didn't appreciate what I had. And, you know, I would hit him, um, not a milestone, you know, do something that rewarding and I just wouldn't care about it. There was no emotion or what I was doing. And, yeah, it's um, made me a lot more grateful and... You know, I guess in words, I don't have to be a pretender to fit in with other people. I'm just comfortable on the path I'm in, who's around me, what I'm doing, stuff like that. So when, when that happened, you were with the Tigers? Yeah, I was at the Tigers. And then how'd you end up here? So I got sacked from the Tigers immediately as soon as it happened. Then um, 2017, I met up with Wayne. Oh, I think it was 16. 2016, I met up with Wayne Bennett um, in a hotel in Sydney. Um he pretty much just told me I'd already met with the Roosters and someone else to try and come back. And Wayne, I sat down with Wayne and it was probably the, like I was deciding still and as soon as I met him, it was just Broncos was where I wanted to come. He just pretty much sat in front of me and said, you know, if you're willing to work for it, I'll give you the opportunity to, to play first grade again. So 2017 came, I was still banned from the game and I signed with Redcliffe Dolphins. It's an affiliate of the Broncos because I wasn't allowed to be in here. And um, I think it took half a year and the NRL allowed me to train in at the Broncos, but still, say like yesterday's session, I was, I'd be on the Bibs team, but no chance of playing. Just just had to come in here and train, couldn't play. That was that was tough as well. And then 2017, end of that year, the NRL met, kept meeting with them. Had to do about a year and a half of rehab. Like I stayed in one for six weeks. You know, kept doing it for a year. Got alcohol and drug tested every week for a year and a half off the NRL. And then eventually I met all their criteria and sat down with Todd, the CEO, and he said, we're going to give you a chance to come back into the game. Like, don't stuff it up, pretty much. And then they registered my contract for 2018. So I think it took three years from when the incident happened to 
get allowed to come back onto the field. Can I can I ask Gerald a question? Yeah. In, in relation, can can you give him the mic? Can I? You, so you you were you were at Broncos when Matt was coming back. Yeah, so I was. I suppose I was, I was still a part of the club. I wasn't playing anymore. Um, I'd, I'd finished up, but um, yeah, I was around when when um, Matt got the opportunity to come back to uh, rugby league, and um, it was. I didn't. I didn't know how to. I don't know. I'd never. I'm, I'd never met Lodgie before, um, but I suppose your first reaction is you know what you hear and, and what you've seen. So um, it wasn't all positive, but I'm a person who I suppose you know everyone deserves to um, you know resurrect themselves and, and get another chance. And uh, I, I've seen what Lodgy had to go through while he while he's been here, and I can tell you what, <laughs> kudos to him because he's he's come a long way. Um, he's actually he's a top bloke, um, and the first thing you know you're always scared to you know meet someone for what what's happened. Um, but I've got nothing but good to say about him um, since he's how, been here. How hard was the resurrection, so to speak, how hard was that to, to, like, was it a lot to go through for him? Well, yeah, definitely. I think um, the other thing was as well was, you know, I've been a Bronco for a very long time now. So you've said, because the, the reason I ask is because you've been, you're one of the, if, so if you can give your background real quick, just so people understand how long you've actually been here and the players you've seen come and well, go. Well, I've been here 13 years now. Um, I debuted in 2009. I played the inaugural on the 20 side in 2008. Um, and you know, became a pretty good footy player very, very quickly, and then it was all over very, very quickly as well in the space of four years. With can you explain how it was over? Yeah, compound fracture of the ankle over in Perth against the Rabbitohs. I saw a video of that. I saw <laughs> fucking footage of that. It's horrible. It was pretty horrible. disgusting, but um, yeah. So that's sort of where my career career was. Where without going too into depth into it, and um, I think the most scary thing was when someone comes in like this to your club. Um, you know, you, you're worried that they're going to ruin it. That's the first, you know, that's your first initial thought. But then you get to meet someone like Lodgie um, and he's nothing like, the, you know, what the papers say, what the media said. Um, and I think that's, that's what was, um, you know, a breath of fresh air. Um, and obviously with people like, you know, Whitey on his side as well, I think, um, you know, it, it, it pushed me to, you know, give him a chance as well because, like I said, I've been here for a very long time and I want someone coming here and ruining the club. Because um, it's a beautiful club, it's a family club, and you know Lodgy is a part of that club now. He's a family man. Uh, he's got a little boy, and um, just to, to watch him develop since he came, he was very shy, as you could imagine, because you you got to meet all these new blokes who oh, know what you've hard, been man. through, um, and you've got to you've got to swing all their you know their personalities to make sure you know you know I'm not a bad guy, I'm not a bad person, and you know he's he's done that, and I think the best thing he's ever did is just let his footy um, talk. Um, when he first came and and and, pl and played at the start of last year, and um, I, I don't know how he's done what he's done to get back, but you know I could yeah, never. Yeah, that, because that, that's why I'm asking you, yeah. like fr from your perspective, because just from the small amount of dealings that I've had, I, I can't imagine that it would be Man. fucking easy at all. Nah, right? hell, hell no. I mean, I've been through some times as well, very differently to to Lodgy. Um, I've, I've had depression and everything like that, but I couldn't imagine. I couldn't even imagine what he had to go through to to get back where he is right now. Because I, I want to put some perspective in this as well. Like, so two was it two thousand and nine? You broke your ankle? No, nah, two thousand and twelve. I broke it in two thousand twelve. I debuted in two thousand and nine. I'm at nineteen years old. And by the time you were twenty or twenty one, you you were you were basically the 
the best winger in the world. Yeah, pretty much. Um, I'd, I'd done everything possible to be the best I could be. Um, and then it was just 20 years old? 20 years old, yeah. You're the best winger in the world. Kangaroo, oh, um, origin. origin. Indigenous All-Stars. I was doing I was doing everything I possibly could do in the game to be to be a footy player, yeah. And, yeah, it was ripped away from me. And like I said, I don't know what how. What was that like for you? Yeah, it was ridiculous. <laughs> it was it was not a fun time in my life. Um, but comparing it to Lodgy is probably, you can't compare it because there's, there's two different kind of things, way different. No, because people would look at you and like, even in a, in a crass way, I suppose, feel sorry for you. Yeah, yeah. People would look at you and go, let's shoot mm. this guy. Yeah, well, there's there's <laughs> people, there, there is people who are out there like that. But until you've met the bloke, honestly, never you, don't judge him. You know what I mean? Like, I've, he's been here for two, three years now. And he's done everything he possibly can to, to 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 make sure that he is being able to have a second chance in life and and do the thing he loves, which is playing footy, man. And um, there's a lot of boys here that if they got that taken away from them, they'd probably crumble under pressure. And um, how close were you to crumbling? Like yeah, that? very very close. 100%. Oh, because I, I can I would I would fucking yeah. There's a lot there's a lot of things there's a lot of things that he would have found out about himself as well that yeah. um, he wouldn't have known about himself. How far you could go, your resilience and whatever you know. There's so many things you can call it, but um, no one will ever know what you've gone through um, because you're the only person to do it, and um, you just got to be strong. There's no other way. I, I, my my mum was a single mother. She didn't piss around the you know she didn't be around the bush. She she brought me up tough, um, and that's just the way it is. Um, don't be a sook drill. Just you know get on with your life. And I I could imagine what Lodgy would have had to do um, to push through. He talks about his family, man. You guys would know family's everything if you don't have people like that around you um you probably never become anything in the world um and if it wasn't for my mum my brother and my grandparents and i wouldn't be anywhere and I, I could imagine that's exactly how lodgy would feel without his friends and his family were you diagnosed with depression um yes yes I were was. you diagnosed with anything like that no nothing yeah nothing. i went to rehab for that and mm. stuff like that but for, with uh, with depression as well yeah, they say a bit of anxiety. I just worked on it. I didn't get so diagnosed from it, but I think um, from the I guess a good thing for me that pulled my mind straight was from the moment I got in trouble from that next morning, everything I done was working towards getting back. Like I knew it would take a long time, but I was pretty focused on it. Eh? So that, that I just wanted to make up for it because um, put so much stress on family and stuff like that, and I can't leave, play you know fifteen whatever however many games and. The last taste in people's mouth is, oh, he's stuffed up in America. That's what his last name is, you know? Just everyone stuffs up, though, you know? Yeah. Like, everyone everyone ha has a moment in their life where they go, well, why did I do that? Or how did that happen? Mm. I don't care. Anyone can sit here and be watching this right now and um, and talk about what, what Lodgy's done, blah, blah, blah. I think the bigger thing is how he's turned himself around to become who he is today because there's no there's not many people could could do what he's done. And and put another put his hat in the Why ring. Why do you say that? Why do you say that? Oh well, tell me another bloke that's been through what he's been through, um, and has come back and playing first grade now, and probably for me, arguably going to be on the on the cusp of playing for New South Wales in the next couple of years. Um, I know he's very humble; he won't like to say that, but um, it's just the truth. He's he's he was our standout forward last year at the Broncos, and that's so hard to be there. You've got the likes of Petro Senesi, you know, um, Shane Webke, who have come through here, like. You've, you've got to be a good forward to be able to be in this side. So, yeah, Lodgy's doing everything possible and he's a very good footy player. Yeah, <laughs> I just, I'm just, uh, the, 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 the darkness that must have been there after the incident to getting back to playing mm. like in that amount of time and the amount of hoops you had to jump through and 
the the preconceived notions everyone has of you already and and just staying true to your guns and just believing that you know what you've done which just would have been so hard yeah. so so hard could have just he could have just given up you know that's, he honestly could have I mean. just like, given it, up it would have like I, I imagine there would have been several moments during that period where you've just been like screw everyone mm. like i just yeah i just go i started I think I got a bit of like I played A grade two years ago. I think just for my local team in Blacktown, that St Pat's, and I got to play with all my mates again, and we made a grand final. And then so that brought a bit of uh, even the crowd there was into me. They all knew what happened. And oh, even the, not the crowd just there. You should have heard like there was no no one ball. was no one was no one wanted to touch him. No one wanted to go near him. You know, like even at any any game we'd go to last year, it, sometimes even our crowd. Thank but you, but you know what? It's it's not like that anymore. Yeah, our crowd's good now. Yeah, our crowd's on. great. And Wayne was good yeah. in that time. He rang me like in the preseason last year before I started, and just said, "Hey, mate, you're starting round one. No matter what happens, you know, get ready." And Imagine that. Imagine that feeling. You've just been through hell and back, and you you get caught. You know, you get yeah, called by one of the best coaches in the up, world. Just had to get through the preseason. Yeah, it's pretty but cool. It's pretty cool. The, I didn't. I don't hear him too much when I'm on the field, but that first two rounds, the um. Every time I touch the ball, the yeah. whole stadium just the, the funny thing is booing you. <laughs> yeah, loud as well, bad, f- bad. Yeah, it was it was pretty bad. The, the one of the funny thing is actually like when we when when I got to know Lodgy a lot more, man, I, I could just always remember him months before the game. He'd be like, "I'm fucking coming off that back fence, man. As soon as I get that ball, I'm just going to come off that back fence at Suncorp Stadium. I don't care who's running, who's going to tackle." What do you me. mean? I, I so off the back fence just means you are, you can't go back any further. You run up like you are you are you are going to run as hard as you possibly can. And he just kept. Seats. That's what I said. And obviously, I work in media, and I wanted to talk about that a lot, a lot. But we didn't, you know, we didn't want to touch too you didn't much. Know on if it. I was going to pull a handbrake. Yeah, yeah. But he just he kept he kept saying and saying and saying and and he did it and he ke- and he's you know what the funny thing is it's been a year now I can guarantee you round one here against you know when he plays Melbourne he'll be fucking coming off the back fence again because that's just the type of bloke he is um, and yeah we're very we're very also very lucky to have him here at the Bronx lucky in a way some you know I've probably wired a different when the crowd's building I guess that makes you want to like yeah, go rip in a bit more better, yeah yeah. <laughs> fuck you <someone. laughs> it's true but it is it is it is like that or some people you know pull back a bit but i, I love it <laughs> did so. did um when you when you got what was, what was your road with depression like oh yeah it was pretty tough but like i said um there's just you just got to put good people around you man it's not even like these this, this club was amazing the fans here um that i had because i've i had such a good Era, I suppose, of four years at the Broncos. The fans here were amazing, but just my 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 teammates here, like um, who are still in this team. I mean, Matt Gillette, Andrew McCulloch's, um, who are still here. There's a lot of boys that have gone now, but if I didn't have friends like that around the club, because I was fighting demons every day to, just to get back on the field. Because how bad are we talking? About? I'm stubborn. Um, yeah, like I'm I'm talking, like I'm I'm at home crying in my bed because I know in my head that I can't play professional rugby league again. But I'm just gonna I'm I'm st- I'm stubborn as so I'm gonna push as mu- as far as I can go, because I, I I did never want to leave the game knowing that I didn't do everything possible to to get back, and I got that opportunity to prove to myself you know you've done everything possible now draw it's you know put a line through it go live your life the other thing I was scared of was having kids and not being able to run around with my kids and stuff like that if I had done another serious injury so I was like yeah just just call it quits. Um, but I'd done everything possible. I'd, I'd done every single thing I could possibly do to play first grade again, and it just never was going to happen. And it pissed me off that I wasn't as good as I was as well when I was hurt. 
it really annoyed me and a lot of you would could could um you know disdain to that as well like you don't if you're not playing your best it it, it gets to you and i just i physically couldn't mentally i wanted to but i physically couldn't had you seen him play yeah, I was a kid when he was playing. He was probably a kid. <laughs> <laughs> you were. I'm, I'm 30 this year. I'm getting old, bro. He was, he was the best ring in the game. It's, I, couldn't, I couldn't imagine it's like, but I guess me going through that, it's hard to come to terms that there is other stuff than rugby league when you're stuck mm. in it. But I guess it is only a little part and one day probably wake up and won't feel like running into people for a living and <laughs> no. there's other things to do. I'm tell you what, I'm, I'm tell you what, I'm glad I don't have to do it anymore because have you seen the wingers out there these days? How then. big were you? Oh, I, I was a big fella. I was 105 kilos, and I was because I, I, I remember yeah. watching you play, but you yeah. didn't look the way you look now. But yeah, so I was just 105 kilo. Oh, well, just I'm about 109 now, so I've I'm put on a little bit. It's a bit more fat. But you were young, <laughs> like you were 105 kilos as 19 year old. Yeah, I was. Tw- yeah, well, I was 21 at my peak, so I was 105 kilos, and I was running 40s at like four seven five. So 40 meter sprints at four. Point seven five, so it's fast. Yeah. As a as a kid growing up at school and that, were you no nah, small as no, but were you fast athletic? Oh yeah, I was quick. Yeah, I was like always quick. How fast would you have run? Oh, I'm, a, I'm a little Aboriginal kid. Of course, I'm fast. I've got to run away from my mum, man. Like okay. you know, she's trying to get me. I don't. I didn't want to bring this up because I didn't want to make a racial. But <laughs> there there are some Aboriginal guys that aren't fast. Yeah, well, they're the ones. <laughs> <laughs> there there are true. some Aboriginal guys not fast. It's you know true. That? It is very true. But I was. I was quick. I was athletic. I used to play soccer, cricket, a um, little bit of baseball. When I, was young. I just, I don't know, I was just athletic. And it was a, I just enjoyed it. Um, I just enjoyed playing sports. But then rugby league, you get to hit people, man. It's, it's fun. When you saw, oh, were you aware of what had happened yeah, to you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Did, did that, like, did you think of anything? Because at the time as well, you would have been young. So you would have been like fucking bulletproof mm-hmm. as well. Yeah, I guess you don't think of it then. But it's just, it's just a... Um, it's hard to come to terms with seeing his one or even Matt Gillette last year getting injured. And in, in Nick, yeah. Because sometimes before the before the game, you flick out of it quick, but you go, you know, what if, what if? Like some people get, you know, serious back injuries or something, but you just got to flick the switch and that's what you that's what you love doing and you're playing it for free anyway, so you just yeah, got to come yeah. out and it is what it is. <laughs> and uh, so now what's, what's next for you? What happens moving forward? Um... Just got to back up last season. That would be one season wonder. So. He'll be fine. <laughs> he's going to be fine. He's just, I think he's just got to stop thinking about it so much. Nah, Don't worry about it, you good, know. Been good. Like last year, this time last year, I had media people chasing me off the field with the camera and I couldn't do anything. Like So I've been, got to have a relaxed pre-season. Um, <laughs> so much more relaxed. <laughs> so much more. I, I can't yeah. imagine because I remember when you <laughs> came to train, like when you came to train with us and I read the thing and I like, like fucking like that, that was a lot of shit like i read yeah. i read all the stuff that thing and we were like Fuck, and that's exactly well, what happened like i said yeah before. but yeah you have to be a number yeah. to, to read it and go oh well fucking that's why i'm happy to do this podcast because yeah. you won't chop it into 60 parts and put all the bad pieces yeah. together <laughs> well, will will no, no. <laughs> <laughs> now we might yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, <laughs> anything for the views <laughs> They either go extreme one way or the other. They either yeah. tell you're extremely bad or you're playing extremely good. There's no, there's mm. no middle. In and it's that. a, that's the other thing about playing in the playing first round or even fighting. You know, Rob, like, you know, they either hate you or they love you. And yeah. two ways about it. Who cares what? Who cares what they think? Honestly, yeah. you know, all you've got to worry about is how you perform. And if you're playing the best you can play, they're all going to be on top of you. If you're playing shit, they're still always going to be on top and of just you. Just doing your thing. 
You know, like yeah. you're just walking your path. It's yeah, that's a, like so, all, so, all the media and guys will try and jump on your back and slam you for things you, you've done in your past, mm. but only you are going to be there in the end just walking it. So you, mm. you, can, you can always guarantee that they're going to always say something about Matt Lodge, yeah, about oh what's yeah, happened. Still giving on, it to me. on certain forums, mm. I'm still gay. Yeah. Probably. <laughs> <laughs> yeah there, there, there's a thing that he's... What? I've never heard that. I've never heard that either. You can't escape it. You, yeah. just, gotta, you just gotta do you. Yeah. And then, you know, your, your last year was amazing. Mm. Just go out there with that confidence that you're a good player, you're good at what you do. Yeah. And, yeah, and man, the most of all anything, honestly, I always say to the boys, I've lost everything. Fuck, man, just enjoy it. Like it is, it is what you've been doing your whole, what you've been dreaming of your whole life, you know? Man, just have fun and enjoy yeah. it. Because if you lose that party, whatever you're doing, whether it's fighting, whether it's, you know, digging holes, whether it's playing footy, man, then why the fuck are you doing it? Yeah, I had to dig some holes with me time off. Yeah. Hey, how, how sobering is it to go back to a real job and go, fuck, this is what, yeah. instead of playing football? I said this the other day. I had, had the period in my life when I was at Tigers and I was earning real good money and I was kind of, I was still unhappy. Like nothing in my life made me happy. And I went, all that happened. Yeah. And I went back to dig, landscaping and digging holes with my mates and playing local footy on the weekend. And I was real happy. And then I'm back at the professional level and it's easy to slip down again and, and get into that unhappy route. So it's not, I don't think it's the okay, where you what, are the wage. What, what is it that you think if you're playing football now and if you, if, uh, where does that unhappiness stuff? I think you can just get caught up in, in all the pressure and the media and them attacking your game or your team not doing well. Or, you know, we train that hard, it's so tense and people start turning on each other and it's, sometimes it just creates an unhappy environment. Mm. So you just got to... Be, like I said, be comfortable in what you're doing. And if you have a bad game, you're still comfortable that you've done the work and you're going to keep going. Well, don't be complacent as well. Like, yeah. just be just be yourself and enjoy Like, just enjoy what you're doing. I mean, I can't explain how much you've got to enjoy, enjoy it. Because be if you're turning on... Yeah, be grateful as well. Like, turn up every week. If you're whinging because you've got to train, fuck, man, you could be digging holes. So shut your mouth. Like, I, these boys yeah. whinge a lot. They do. They do. I know because I see it every, I say it every week, man. I'm known to whinge. Yeah, but, well. but that's because sometimes you forget where you are, you know. You've yeah. just got to embrace the moment. Like, um, if I could, I'd, I'd pay for no money again. I'd get, if I could get my ankle back, I'd pay for no money just to enjoy that moment of running out in front of the crowd, scoring meat pies. Yeah, that's a big one for me, even yeah. when I negotiate contracts or something. I go back to when I was out and 100. I would have played for free. 100%, man. Yeah. And that's what, the other thing is, I know that people got to look after their families, but... And and that's a huge thing. It is. It only money is. It, we have no, to no. Have you're not saying days. play for free. That's no. not what you're saying. You're no. saying you would you would have played for free, and that's yeah. what you got to enjoy it. If you don't yeah. enjoy it, go do something yeah. else for money. Hundred yeah. percent. So that's what we try to. That's what I try to drill into the boys these days. Because um, that's that's yeah. I always say that to, to to Rob or to the others. Like even to myself, I say it because like I I have a good gig. I have a good yeah, life. Yeah. You know, and you think like, well, fuck. Sometimes you don't want to get up. You don't want to go to work because whatever and you think man like you always excuses for yourself go, you go change the portal lose for yeah. a day in the 48 hard. degree Hells days no. <laughs> it's, hard. it's hard if you've never had a taste of it too a lot yeah. of the boys come from year 12 straight into straight full time into first grade, yeah. never had to do a well, day I was a on the was that you yeah, I did that. Was well, that you? No, I was a... No He's way. lying. He's never worked a day. No, I, I, I was a bricky labourer and I was a chippy before I played footy. Like, But didn't you debut at Real Young? Yeah, I did. I, but when, when I was 19, so I had two years of where I wasn't playing like... I wasn't in first grade or I wasn't in the system. I never was in any system when I was younger, so... Um, but yes, I did. So, I so you never played rep footy or nothing? When I was 12, when I first started, and then that was it. 
And what happened between 12 and 17? Everyone got bigger than me, man. <laughs> I was so small. And then, and then how did you get oh. discovered? I don't know. I just played. No, no. <laughs> no <laughs> chance. No, no. I just, I don't know. I just played Colts at um, Norse. And North. I played when I was 17. I, I played a few Queensland Cup games, which are like one low below NRL. Yeah, but how did you get discovered into that, even into that system? Um... I don't know because I was okay at footy. I don't know. I just didn't. I, I wasn't. I wasn't outstanding. I just. I just loved to play footy. And, and then, then you grew. And then I. And then you get put around really good footy players, and they sort of make you a bit better. And then you get a taste of it. Once you get a taste of it, man, it's fucking hard to lose it. Yeah, but how? How did you? Like, did you just develop after you were yeah, seventeen, eighteen? Pretty much. I just got. I was very, very small. Yeah, I was very Decker, small. Decker, Bolin. <laughs> I just know I, I got learned how to jump, catch a ball. Yeah. My, my coach told me this all the time, and because um, uh, 105 kilo, and uh, you, you weren't 21. small. Yeah, no, nah, well, I was 21, so I had to develop there. But we had some good trainers here at the club to get me there. But I got told three things. I wasn't a very smart winger when I played. I was very dumb, and I just did what I got told to. So my coach told me three things: catch the ball, run the ball, and score meat pies draw. So there were the three things I ever did when I played footy: was catch the ball, run the ball. And score tries. And that was the only thing I've ever got told. And if he didn't tell me anything else, it wasn't complicated. It was simple. I'm a simple person in a good way. And um, <laughs> that's all I got told. And that's just, that's where it was. Because otherwise you can complicate this game so much. It's not complicated at all. What about, I've got a question for Rob. We, um, you know, well, we get to, I love, we get to come out and play. You have a bad game. Yeah. You get to play in seven days and you know, silence people or whatever or something yeah, like that. Yeah, this would be hard, yeah. Yeah, is it tough doing like, they're six months away. Like, I couldn't imagine, I guess, focusing for that long just and then you get your half an hour or something, something where it's wrong, Miko. It's hard to stay on track for the whole camp or... Oh, yeah, and sometimes, sometimes no matter what you do, you still have a bad night. Mm. You know, you can yeah. do everything right and it's just your, not your night, you know, or the other guy's better. And there's nothing yeah. you can do about yeah. it. But, um, yeah, it, it's hard, like... um. Like a, a, a lot of pressures to perform, mm. it, it, it's quite real. <laughs> like I imagine with you guys out there thinking about the anxiety of the new season, especially after what you've gone through, like trying to back it up and trying to, you know, try to silence the haters yeah. sort of thing. And that and then you're, without realising, you're putting your own pressure to perform on yourself, you know, and then the crowd's putting pressure, pressure on you. And um, yeah, it, it gets hard. Like uh, with what happened with my last fight, having to pull out of that, mm. like it's... There are so many people talking shit. Hundred <laughs> percent. Like so many and, people. And these are people that if they fucking get in there, lads. Get no, in no, there. no, 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 no. Not even that. If they have a headache, won't go to work. Yeah, hard. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? <laughs> like, what are you talking keyboard about? Keyboard warriors, like, mate. They're keyboard yeah. warriors as well. Like, it's that's how it is. Yeah. Or they have an upset belly. They go home early. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. It's, um, Thinking yeah. about that actually, I'm gonna go. <laughs> <laughs> no, and and it, it's hard. It's it's hard to. I guess the uh, huge thing that I do is like I, I have, you have to distance yourself away from it. You can't live in the media in people's opinion because mm. it's going to corrupt and decay and, and just it's going to destroy you. Or in that world, it's just fighters, like just other fighters and yeah. you're just dealing with other fighters. Yeah. Yeah. I got on the Nokia. I got on the Nokia for the last six weeks. What's he, that? He Could changed his phone, phone to his Nokia phone. We were ringing him. You know that old ringtone. You know the snake on your phone. Yeah, no, yeah. no internet, <laughs> the no social media, stuff like that. He changed it up a little I bit. I did missed everything that was happening. I didn't hear a bad thing for six weeks. Yeah, Good. you have to. You, you have like, to get a Nokia. You just have to separate yourself. Yeah. I just don't. I just don't yeah. do it. But um, yeah, you, you have to separate yourself from from all that, and then just 
and just stay true to your guns like mm. just just do your thing like i have a great luckily for me i have a great team great support network yeah. you know and you find that out the hard way sometimes or sometimes it just organically builds around you and I, i'm surrounded by great people so like even even not listening to the to the other guys like my coaches will tell me what it is how it is mm. and then we just we just stay true to our path like we just do our thing you know we, we walk in our journey the other thing i think it's 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 easier said than than done yeah. but you gotta you can't let the outcomes define you so like you're a football player you're a football player you're a fighter but you're so many other things you're not just yeah. that yeah. and it's fucking hard you don't get to play and you're gonna go through that whole yeah. bullshit but you can't let the outcome of a fight define who you are you're gonna train as hard as you can you're gonna go out there mm. and fight but there's so many dudes we see eh, that, that they're fighting and like they don't have like that separation from mm their identity as a fighter mm. and as a human being and they're, they're very very different things man very yeah. very different bro things. from the outside of watching him man like you ever get nervous so you get nervous before a fight yeah like, terribly yeah i feel like in footy you get to you get nervous but you can build into it you can get nervous yeah. touch well if you if you're in footy you, all you have to do is take a run where you can't just walk and go oh, okay i'm gonna take a shot just to make it feel good <laughs> you know just, you know just, you know, just, just come on just hit me once please <laughs> You know, like you can't do that in in fighting, so fight would be way different. Oh, I behind the curtain, I'm just, I'm thinking, what the fuck am I eating? Oh, this is terrible. Yeah. Oh, what, what am I doing? Like, yeah. But um, once once you go out there and then all the bullshit happens and then everyone disappears mm-hmm. and you're about to fight, it's a it's a roller coaster. Yeah. It's like you have no control of what's going on. Mm. You're either you just know f- you're training and yeah. Yeah, you're either gonna fight or lose. <laughs> fight or flight. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Like you, and that's they your only two options when that door shuts. Yeah. It's like fight or quit. Oh, I was gonna ask because always there's two things like you. So you're a winger and you're a prop. The, in terms of pressure, yours yours is extremely physical. Eh? like you can't let the other dude put it over you. The, you're opposing. Yeah, we make tackles. I score meat pies. <laughs> no. Well, I'm, I'm going to get, <laughs> I'm, I'm get to that. Yeah, ours is more physical, but his is like high Men- bombs. And I like. Yeah, no, no, because mentally. I, I, what, what I was going to ask you was, you deal with the pressure of the hits and and the people, um, like a, a very real physical presence, very real yeah. physical pressure. Do you feel? Because I've been in the change rooms when 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 we were Souths and a couple other teams, and it's almost the same as if you're going to go have a fight. Yeah. Do you do you feel that pressure? Do you feel fear? Do you feel you scared of the ever scared of the opposition? No, I think you just uh, you can tell the difference when when you're on. You're like it's more like not a nervous energy, but like competitive or something. You you need to be if you go out like half-hearted. You, that's when they just start rolling through you. So you do have to try and flick the switch. I remember my um, old coach Wayne said that I need to come to the game. Oh, he used to say wide up, like aggressive. That's when I, that's when I play the best, but. That's probably a bit different. Too. Mm. The playmakers need to be composed. Or calm yeah, that's because that's what I was going to ask you. For you, you might be out there for, say, if it's cold and. Oh man, we could we could not touch. We could honestly and not on purpose. These days, you have to touch the ball as many times as possible if you're a winger. But if you if you don't have that opportunity, if they if they keep you know going right side, say I'm I'm a right side winger. But if they keep going down the other side, keep kicking down that side, I've got to go look for it. But if I can't get there, then yeah, I could go I could go 15 minutes without touching the ball. And you, let's say you go hard. five in a cold, well, rainy, etc. It it do it would do my head in like, but that's I just know that I have to get there. I'm like, f- no matter what I do, I've just got to get to the ball. No how hard how. is it to catch it if they put up big bombs and you haven't done anything for five minutes? It's tough. 
It is, yeah, because you're, you're, you're totally, you feel like you're switched off. You've been, to- if you don't keep up, if you don't talk, like my, my center was Hodjo, so, Justin Hodjo, so, man, he was, he, he talked a lot, but he also sprayed me a lot, <laughs> so, um, I had to be on my game all the time, I had to make sure um, I was talking to whoever's, also I had a great right side, like I had Darren Lockyer, Sam Thide inside me as well, so, it helps, it helps, it helps like that, because um, they're always like, go, you know, go do your job, go do your job. So yeah, if if you haven't touched the ball in a while, you could you could easily just fuck up. You could just you could and drop it very easily, and then but like then a and then we'll spray him because we've been yeah because they've been tackling, <laughs> busting their ass, yeah. and we drop the ball on the line. So yeah, I, I mean, you just, it's practice, man. Yeah, but how gotta, hard is it? Let's say you fuck up like that, and then Matt fucking has a go. Sprays you, yeah. And then you know. <laughs> How hard is it for you to fucking switch back on? No, nah, it's it's not. All I got to do is score a full length try, and then we're fine with it. <laughs> <laughs> I used to love doing the shit the hard way. Honestly, I didn't like it doing it the easy way. They're, they're getting better. They're bringing in like sports psychologists yeah. and that now to help people just um, like flick to just leave yeah. it because some people dwell on it. I, I used to if I dropped the ball I, I, early in my career, my first year, I'd be like, fuck, 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 fuck. man, I'd stress out hard. But then after the first year, I was just like, oh, it's over. Just do something. You got to do something. Get a quick touch again. You got to do something like, like do something good. Like do something freakish, so everyone loves you again. I was always that kid who was like, oh, I have to be loved in the side. I want to be loved. I want to. I want to love my mates. I want my mates to love me. So I'd always try to do things that were outstanding, so they did like me, um, and they wanted me to play in the team. Because I think the biggest thing as a footy player, you don't want to. You don't want your other mates. You want to look. You want to look to the side of you and go. Fuck! I know he's got my back. I know he's got my back. I know he's going to do something for me today. I never wanted a teammate to look at me and go, "Look at this piece of shit." Like, <laughs> he's going to do nothing today. You know, that's just how it was. So I wanted. I wanted my teammates to look at me, and I still remember my first Origin. Darren Lockyer going, "Why are you here?" And I was like, "I don't know." He goes, "Why are you here?" And I was like, "I don't know." He goes, "Trial." You got the X factor. You score tries. He goes, "Don't change anything. What you're going to do? Go out there and score tries." And I was like, "Okay." What was it playing with people like Lockyer? Mad. It's awesome. I can't... Exp- there's no There's no words to it. He's the best... He's one of the best to ever play in the game. So he made my job a lot easier. Um, but he was always very helping. He's a great leader. He's just a... He doesn't talk much, but he's just a... Yeah, you just follow him. You just follow him. Boys, we've run out of time. Sorry to end so abruptly. No, thank you good. so much. Uh, Matt, thank you for sharing that. I know that it wasn't... Thanks for letting me make a cameo. Thing. Mate, you might make another one. Actually. Yeah. How good's life? No. Thank you very much, guys. Thanks, no. thanks, thanks, thank you boys, for your time. Thanks, lads. Thanks. Appreciate